Shut up and sit down. This is off the wall. Okay, so welcome to another episode of Off the Walk. Today, we have an OG that is born and raised in YYC and is a good friend, Mr. Gilbert Bong. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I uh, appreciate you guys taking the time. Um, just a little background. Um, I, I've known Lance for quite some time. Uh, his younger brother, Greg, actually was uh, the best man at my wedding. So I uh, wanted to uh, obviously support you guys, but also think that you guys are telling important stories. So appreciate you guys having me on. Awesome. Yeah, so, you know, uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit and uh, about you and and kind of the story of how, you know, you went from kind of rags to riches, you know, and <laughs> I mean, you know, when I think about your story, um, you know, it it seems like uh, such a dream, but I I don't think, you know, a lot of people know about kind of your backstory as well to that, right? So, um, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, how, um, you know, like a little bit more, maybe going back, you know, to your younger years, uh, let us know about, you know, your kind of a little bit of a story about where you started and and where you are today yeah absolutely um uh, appreciate the the intro and uh to your point i think unless you've known me uh, a lot of people actually don't know uh, a lot of the history and and how i grew up and everything like that um you know today i'm a founding partner and president of uh a company that I helped start over five years ago, Zelos Capital. Uh, but I like to describe myself as first a husband, uh, then a father, and, and then an entrepreneur. I was born and raised in Calgary, as you mentioned. Uh, I would say I grew up middle class. I grew up in the, the community of, of Castle Ridge, which is located in northeast Calgary. Uh, grew up in a, a pretty average-looking bungalow albeit it was uh, located in uh, the state's part of Castleridge. Um, you know, it was a, a ethnically diverse community. There was a large uh, East Indian population. Uh, socially, economically, uh, the Northeast has generally been characterized by uh, lower income. A lot of new Canadians, uh, if they're moving to Calgary, they start, they start their lives there and, uh, um, just, just to kind of put that into numbers and perspective, uh, based on the 2016 census, uh, the average household income for Calgary was uh, $141,000. And uh, in the communities of Falkridge, Castle Ridge, Coral Springs, Bartondale, uh, that kind of block, uh, the average income was $99,000. So almost 30% lower than the average uh, of, of the the city of Calgary, uh, but you know it was a safe community. Uh, we also we always had the opportunity to play outside, and the the cue to to go back home was really when the streetlights went on. So uh, <laughs> uh, our, our parents always let us kind of roam around the the, the community, and uh, uh, I, I'm a father of two now, and I, I just can't imagine uh, letting my kids just kind of 
uh, run around the, the, the neighborhood uh, unattended and, and <laughs> have no idea where they went. But uh, yeah, we, we were able to go uh, where we pleased. So that was an interesting uh, aspect of, of, of growing up. Absolutely. I, I got to give a shout out. Northeast, Castle Ridge. <laughs> I didn't know you were in the Estates. I definitely wasn't in the Estates. But um, yeah, I, I definitely uh, hear you. I mean, uh, it, was, it, was, it was, I think it was fun times there. And like you say, those days, uh, you wouldn't go back home until, like you say, the lights turn on. You're like, okay, maybe it's time to go home. But uh, that was some really interesting facts. I did not know. Um, that in that part, you know, talking about the average household income uh, coming in at at the at the 90s, I'm, I'm pretty sure my parents were not making with the combined household income of of 90,000. That's that seems like a lot of money back then. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's uh, yeah, it it was it was interesting. I mean, um, uh, my parents worked. Uh, uh, jobs like so my dad was a mechanic and and he worked during the days would get up uh before 6 a.m to, to drive to work uh, uh more more recently he spent most of his career at uh, alberta distillers limited so the plant was located uh kind of out of town and it took him a while to get there um, so it didn't really have a chance to kind of see him in the morning uh, my mom was able to kind of stay with us during the day, made sure we would made it off to, to school and that sort of thing. Uh, but she would uh, work the night shift in terms of um, data entry jobs. Uh, just And it was it's crazy to think about, but they kind of made it all, all work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, when we complain about how, how hard we have to work, and it's, it's different type of work. Uh, you know, it's less labor intensive, more uh, intellectual, but uh, that's that's kind of that probably fa- uh, formed the foundation and just term, uh, showing kind of hard work was necessary and it was required in terms of getting anything done. So, yeah, for sure. I I think you were one of those kids, though, you know, you used to come knocking on my house and always causing trouble i think you're you know you know t- telling you know my brother greg you know to hey, come out don't worry you know it's it's okay it's, it's dark the lights are on but don't don't worry your your parents aren't home and no no i'm just kidding you're 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 a good influence <laughs> on, on greg so that you know and and i think we're we're really proud of you where you are today so i definitely want to you know dive a little bit deeper on so going so from from the castle ridge and moving on going so then what happened there you went to school you went into university what did what'd you take there yeah um uh you know it's interesting because obviously part of the the podcast uh uh and the description of, of off the walk is really um um the the co-founders and and the themes are around kind of growing up Asian in, in, in North America. And um, I, I look at my boys kind of growing up and uh, right now when they're young, they're, they're not really um, conscious of uh, ethnicity and race. And uh, it, it only became first apparent to me when um, I started going to elementary school. And, uh, you know, inevitably kids are, are mean and, and they like to kind of bully and tease. But uh, I'm sure 
some would experience kind of the uh, uh, kids uh, making their eyes squinty and, uh, you know, talking about um, mm-hmm. uh, how you're inevitably everyone thought that anyone Asian uh, came from China. So that was uh, <laughs> kind of uh, uh, something that I think is a common experience. And, um, and I, I found myself also just kind of wanting to potentially like, you know, be Caucasian as a result. Uh, and uh, looking back on that, that's, that's just a, just a challenging uh, uh, aspect to kind of, you know, even say out loud, because uh, obviously I'm very, very proud of kind of who I am and, and where I came from. But uh, when you're growing up and, and experiencing all these different things, it's, uh, it's tough to kind of reconcile, especially when you're young and, and just trying to figure your way out. Um, it, uh, uh, it, it's, it's very confusing. So uh, when, when I got into high school, I found it very um, uh, cliquish as well. Like all the Asians kind of hung out with each other. Mm-hmm. All the football players hung out with each other. Uh, and it was, it was very de- definitive groups uh, in, in high school. Um, I, I wasn't even sure what I was going to do uh, if I was going to go to post-secondary. Um, I remember having a, a, um, a conversation with my uh, counselor at, uh, at James Fowler. And um, I had, you know, I was an average student, but um, I, I, uh, I had not uh, been able to kind of pass the pure math 10 uh, class the first time. And, and he had suggested perhaps I should go into the, I can't, can't, can't remember what the, 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 what they called it, the applied stream, but that would have precluded me from being eligible to go to a lot of post-secondary op- options. Uh, fortunate, fortunate for myself, my mom was pretty adamant that I was going to retake it and ensure that I had the optionality to, to, to go to, uh, university and take, uh, take the programs that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I, I eventually ended up at the um, uh, finishing uh, high school, but my grades were not um, high enough to be able to uh, qualify for um, some of the programs that I wanted to get into in university, namely business. So I took a year to upgrade, and I went to Chinook College in Viscount Bennett, and uh <laughs> It took me like two hours by public transit to, to get there. It was, it was awful because it was like in the south. I was coming from the northeast. Uh, didn't have a car, so inevitably it was it was uh, it was a long haul. But kind of made it through that. But the fortunate thing was uh, because I took that year to upgrade. Um, the year that I actually applied to business school, it was the first year they actually allowed for direct entry into the the Haskins School of Business. Uh, otherwise, I would have had to come come in as the general, and then based on the grades, uh, apply thereafter. Uh, so I was really fortunate that that timing worked out for me. Uh, otherwise, I'm I'm not even sure if I I, I would have been able to to get into the program <laughs> otherwise. So uh, a, a little bit of luck there. That's awesome. At the time when you were, you know, in high school and considering post secondary and all that, did a lot of your friends were they also considering it or were they? No, nah, and it was just you. You're the only. You're, the, you're uh, like, you know, out of the people that I hung out with in um, in, in high school, o- only one other 
individual and I was, um, I guess, um, only one other individual had, uh, had gone to, to university, actually one or two. Uh, but the people that kind of I, I hung on with in high school, both of those individuals didn't end up finishing um, their university degree. So uh, it actually, as a result, kind of forced me to, to meet new people. Um, you know, in business, you do a lot of group projects. And there was, uh, my, my eyes were just opened in terms of the, the type of people that were coming in, uh, from around the world, uh, just to attend at the University of Calgary to, to earn a degree. And it was, it was a great and rich experience. Um, the summer before university, uh, my, uh, girlfriend at the time, we started dating the the year before I started university but she would it, it was great because uh, a couple of years later she was able to kind of join uh, the University of Calgary as well and we would be able to drive to school together uh, and uh, she she eventually became my wife so uh, it was uh, it was it was a great experience uh, but um, I, I was also very lucky I think to get into uh, a relationship when I did because so many things change when you when you start working uh especially um especially in in high finance uh, it like uh so uh when i joined university um i went into business i think my original concentration was marketing <clears throat> and i thought to myself i should probably uh go with um uh, a more technical um concentration like finance or accounting and then they had just come up with this uh, dual concentration with finance and risk and insurance management. So I thought, you know, let's keep my options open. Why don't I? Why don't I uh, uh, go for that degree? And uh, uh, I ended up starting to hear about investment banking as it was a very highly sought after career path, uh, and was paid. Uh, individuals in that field were paid very well, but I didn't know what that was because it's really a a, 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 a challenging name because it's not really investing and it's not really banking. So uh, mm. uh, in, in any case, the more I learned about it, um, essentially the two functions of an investment bank primarily are to help companies raise money and advise them on merger and acquisition opportunities. And I thought that found, sounded really interesting the more I learned about it. Uh, so that was that was kind of what I pursued uh, out of university. And I mean, let's not lie. Like you said, you found the money, and you're like, "Oh, okay, hold up, hold up. <laughs> what what is this?" <laughs> no, I want to go yeah. back. You said you said you weren't good in math. I mean, right there, you know, that's the mythbuster right there. Because I thought all Asians were were good at math, but I, I gotta say, I'm not good at math either. So I mean. It's it's yeah, all right. But me too. Me too. Look, it looks like we're just the we're just the three guys <laughs> just failures at math. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, I I just you know generally you just need to be good enough and then <laughs> and then you could kind of get by right and um, uh, you know I, I I interviewed for three investment banking jobs and uh, the third one was a charm the charm and um, uh, I actually had another position lined up for a risk analyst position but uh i actually forwent that opportunity just for the chance to interview for my third and, and final investment banking 
uh, interview, which was at a boutique investment bank called Orion Securities. So uh, it it worked out well, but you know that, that was definitely a, a gamble at the time because I, I had a bird in hand and I gave it up just for the opportunity to to roll the dice, right? So, mm-hmm. well, it worked out good for you. I mean, it, it could have went an, another way if you would have taken that road, right? Yeah, absolutely. My, my, there's no doubt in my mind, my life would have been completely different. Um, speaking of. I mean, uh... Oh no! I was just—I was just gonna say. Speaking of finances, did you do student loans when you were in when you were in school? Yes, because that's—that is one thing that a lot of immigrant families starting up and stuff. A lot of our parents they want us to go to the university enough, but we got to get student loans. You know, a lot of times a lot of us aren't as lucky to be able to get our education paid to go to school and all that. So, you know, student loans, and it's—it's a burden that carries for many many years it took me a very long time <laughs> to pay it off so i don't know yeah absolutely you. i mean uh yeah it took a while as well and it was um it's just one of those things where um you, you know it's expensive and it's get, it's gotten more expensive as far as i understand and you know i i can't even imagine like um Paying for an education in the U.S., uh, some of the numbers that I, I'm familiar with are—it's uh, just I, I don't know how how people kind of make it make it work and make it happen, right? Mm-hmm. So, and as a dad now, you know, have have you started saving? <laughs> for, for your... <laughs> yeah, we uh, we started a registered education uh, fund for the kids, so uh, got to start early. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, hopefully. Uh, the, the funds will be put to, to good use but you know ultimately I think uh, it's interesting how you know you life changes in your perspective currently like totally like uh, flips on its head in terms of when you become a father like different things are important to you uh, ultimately we just want our kids to be happy and uh, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting like what they're what they're interested in and, and I, th- I think we'll be pretty supportive of uh just so long as they're doing something productive and not harming anyone i i, I think that's uh that's a win so. mm-hmm. absolutely so i guess uh, you know the question is is you know now nowadays kids are taking out their student loans and you got our resps ready you know as an investment banker you know is the advice to just take all of that money and just invest it and and then you know <laughs> uh, well of course you gotta you should go to school but um Maybe either way might might work out. You take you know that lump sum of money and and make more money out of it. So, <laughs> what do you, what do you think? What's the what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, I'm I I'm a big advocate of education and particularly post secondary education. I think uh, uh, just going through the experience of um, picking your own courses, um, you know, having to select electives that aren't a part of your core. Uh, concentration and and experiencing uh, different things, learning different subjects like astrology, psychology, sociology, or whatever the case may be, uh, just just teaches you to learn and also opens your mind to different pr- perspectives and possibilities. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, there's there's a real maturing uh, that occurs when when you're when no one cares if you go to class like it's you know you paid for it if you show up you show up uh so there's a there's a whole new responsibility 
uh, element to it. Uh, and it, you know, many, many, many elements of that just kind of prepares you for, for, for life in general, right? Uh, when, when you start to work and, and have those types of responsibilities. So, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I, I would never, I would never knock the opportunity to, to go to post-secondary education, but and this is versus say like high school when you were, you know, when, you know, post-secondary, you got to pay high school. Oh man, I don't know how you were. Did you attend classes then? Cause that was, <laughs> or was it just the, your law, you got, your name is always on that book where it's like miss class, miss class, miss class. <laughs> I was, I, I, I was a pretty uh, well attended uh, student, uh, but you know, like I said, kind of like average grades, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think Lance can say like, I'm a, I'm a pretty straight, straight shooter, but, uh, uh, do you like to let loose in the right situations well, with, uh, a trusted yeah. group of people, right? So. I think, I think at the end of the day, you know, we're all young at one point in time and, and we will, um, um, go through different experiences and whatnot, right? But I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, you're right, you know, post-secondary is important. Um, you know, like I say, you know, funny thing, I'm back in school now. Um, so I definitely am taking this ride around uh, much more serious than the first time around. Um, but I guess let's ask you this, what in your mind um kind of led to your success to get out of uh, university? What kept you in school, concentrated, and, you know, making sure that, um, you know, that you're successful in your post-secondary education? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's been a lot invested to kind of get to that point, like, uh, not just by me, but but my family. you know, they they came over to, to Canada solely for their kids and, and to, to provide that type of opportunity to them. Uh, so that was obviously kind of weighing in in my mind and the prospects of being uh, the, the first individual in my immediate family to go to post-secondary was certainly uh, something that was, uh, you know, had a, had a certain gravity to it. And uh, it was was great that I was able to to accomplish that um and you know i it it was uh it was a it was a really weird experience kind of starting working um it just just for context like this would have been like 15 plus years ago mm. uh and we were just catching the tail end of the 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 energy bull market and uh boutique investment banks um, were kind of like the, the wild west, if, if you will. Um, I, I remember there was, uh, uh, when I first started, there was a, there was an investment banking analyst that had started two weeks prior to me. Um, and they, they typically do a, do a welcome lunch. Uh, but for, for this, um, uh, this individual's welcome lunch, uh, there was, there was a few drinks had and, um, the head of the office decided that it was a good idea to, to go to Vegas. So they, uh, they, they actually got the executive assistant to schedule a, a, a private jet for, for uh, them and uh, this, uh, you know, newly minted uh, uh, university graduate to, to head to Vegas. So they, 
they they went down for for a night and and came back the next day and i just kind of sat said to myself it's like what what kind of place did i start working at is uh just the whole new world right yeah and then um you know you could appreciate this as well going to student life like as a student you have no money you're just like you know you're packing lunches and doing all that stuff and then i remember uh, the first um first bonus check uh and at the time they had actual physical like checks that they would hand out to you uh now it's all e-transfer directly <laughs> yeah. into your account so it's a less like less of an event but um i remember going to the the automated uh uh teller machine and then uh it uh it prompted me with a with a warning that i've never seen before it's like is this amount correct and then I, I, I press yes with, with a smile on my face. Yeah. Yeah. Like, $50, dollars. all right, let's go. And then like that first check, you're like kind of like you're hiding it. You're like, and then you're, you're guarding it and you're just running to the bed. You're like, <laughs> yeah, but like, don't get me wrong. It's, it, it wasn't like all, uh, like there was a lot of sacrifices that were required. Like the hours were, were crushing. It was, um, I, I don't even know how I like I, I did it to be honest. Like it was it was ninety to hundred hours a week. Uh, you know, you'd start at uh, eight eight thirty in the morning. Uh, you would if you got like you would always eat dinner at the office. They would always like order food from restaurants around the the office. Uh, and then if you got off at like ten or eleven p.m., that was like a a, a early night. Uh, Monday through Thursday uh, and then like a late night would probably be past midnight one or two in the morning uh, and you just have enough time to go back home uh, go to sleep wake up shower and then back to the office right so uh, and, you know Fridays were were you got off earlier but then there would always be like call it six to eight hours of work uh, uh, between uh, Saturday or Sunday and that that type of work schedule is just not sustainable, and uh, it's always it's also very challenging on on relationships. I know um, when when I was uh, uh, going through that, it was it was really challenging on my significant other, uh, and and also on your friendships and families where uh, they'll they'll invite you to events and then you'll always not be able to attend or show up. Uh, and then you get comments like, "Oh, you're you're too important or too cool to to to, to attend." And then eventually, like, your the the invites start to slow to a trickle, and and then you, you don't get invited anymore. Uh, and and that results in actually um, uh, me starting to just just hang out with more uh, people that were investment bankers or in other high demand jobs like. Uh, 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 you know, junior lawyers and that sort of stuff, uh, just because uh, people just understood the types of um, work schedules you were dealing with, um, and and that was that was kind of how you you you, you thumb through those those early days. But but it does get better, and um, I think you know, looking back, I could say that it it was worth it, uh, but. There, there was a time you, you need to kind of get to a certain point where uh, it, it tips in your favor where the hours get better you get, 
you ultimately have more responsibility. You're, you're managing people, so they're doing a lot of the, the grunt work that you, you previously did. Um, so it's a, it's a very like hierarchical um, structure. Uh, in, in the sector so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how long how long did you grind left like that for like these eight to eight to twelve <laughs> till the yeah, next yeah i mean it was probably like like so when i started with orion securities they were subsequently acquired by macquarie uh i i probably i i stayed with them through uh my analyst years which was uh about three years uh and then uh, during the financial crisis, um, I moved over to uh, National Bank into their equity research group for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so equity research, the uh, hours are, are less, uh, but very early because you have to be um, up before the, the market and usually joining a, a morning call, uh, which is which is uh, based on Toronto time. So they're, they're two hours ahead, <laughs> right? So, but then... Uh, um, so, and, and then you're, you're, you get really busy during reporting season and then, um, the, the, the rest of the time is more manageable. Uh, but then when I went back into investment banking after national and, and that was with Scotia Watchers, um, that the, the hours were pretty heavy when, when you're, you know, joining a new firm, trying mm-hmm. to prove yourself, uh, you're, you're kind of on that treadmill again for, for a bit until, until you, uh, uh, build some seniority and get promoted and that sort of thing. So wow, yeah. but you could you could probably only do this during your twenties. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a thirties thing. A <laughs> I mean, that's it. Rightly or wrongly, I, I know because uh, I was part of the recruiting when I was at Scotia. Um, when whenever you get kind of mature candidates, and and mature is not even that old, but like when when they're not right out of university and in their you know early 20s the, the question is like are, are you are you able to kind of handle the hours and uh uh and and that 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 becomes a real thing so um to your point uh, uh it is something that that is considered right oh so i i guess um if you're a mature student coming out this this wouldn't be uh your ideal grind unless i guess if you have the you know kind of that motivation to to do it but i was going to say that that's another myth right because often we say hey banker hours i guess banker hours are are, are much worse than than what people think it is because usually you know people are like, oh you must be on banker hours but i guess people don't realize that uh you know it's 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 it, there's there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff happening there too, right? Yeah, I think it's gotten better. Uh, you know, I, obviously, um, um, throughout the course of time, like you know, we're we're talking like 15 years ago, so like obviously, like uh, um, the culture has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that um, uh, there there has been initiatives to really take into account work life balance. Uh, you know, mental health and burnout and all that stuff is, 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 is more talked about than ever before. Um, so I, I would say that it is, it is better, uh, if I were to, you know, guess, but, uh, the fact is, uh, uh, you can't really turn back the, the, the hands of time and, and change the experience that I had. So, no, for sure. I mean, I think now talking, so, you know, going through all of the, the these different uh, jobs, 
and now leading you to um, uh, Zellos. Zellos, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Yes, Zellos, you know, what what is the what do you think is the the biggest factor that that kind of helped you lead you to this success? So uh, during the tail end of uh, my time at Scotia, um, you know, I, I found myself uh, fairly challenged with um, uh, connecting with the, the most senior people in the firm and and all very highly respected and, and, and nice people. Uh, but the, the commonalities with myself and them w- were just not there. A lot of them, they were, you know, into golf and tennis and had memberships to private clubs. And I, you know, wasn't too fussed or, or interested in, in, in those types of activities. Um, and as a result, I was starting to become a little unsettled because I also uh, understood that uh, it, it's pretty structured in investment banking where you put in your time uh, and plus or minus a few years, you know, you get promoted with a, a certain regularity. But I, I, I was staring in front of me and noticing that I could predict the my career path for the next 10 years and know exactly what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're obviously going to be working on different projects and the people may here and there uh, but it was pretty much set in stone and um, that you know was obviously very safe and created a certain sense of um, certainty but it, it also leaves one a little uninspired and uh, that's when I started to realize that I was going to do something entrepreneurial or something a little bit more off the, the beaten path I just didn't know what that was going to be um, so in, in 2016, um, painting the picture, this would have been like two years after uh, OPEC uh, was the catalyst to, to, to crash the oil prices. Um, that was um, uh, uh, that started kind of the inevitable slide in the energy markets. Uh, capital dried up, deals dried up. And um, ultimately, Scotia underwent a restructuring. So as a result of that, I was let go along with people in all the different global offices. Uh, but the fortunate thing was, uh, based on um, you know the severance and that sort of stuff, I essentially had a, a runway to do something different. And at the time, um, I, I, I believe the opportunity would have been there to go into another energy investment banking opportunity. Um, but, uh, I, I did, um, have the spark of an idea to maybe create a platform of my own. Uh, and that's when, um, through a common connection, I had met my co-founder, uh, Kareen Stangerlin. Um, we, uh, we met for the first time at, uh, Kachina's, uh, down on Stephen Avenue, uh, over breakfast, uh, talked about a, a conceptual business that I was, uh, that, that I was uh, uh, moving ahead with, uh, which was originally uh, to raise money from high net worth individuals and families in, in Asia to invest into energy projects in, in North America. Uh, so um, several weeks later, we were off on a plane to, to Hong Kong uh, and, and, and the rest is history. Like essentially the business has fundamentally changed 
where today we do uh, wealth management with for individuals, families, and, and smaller institutions, as well as uh, corporate advisory work, helping companies raise money and advising them on merger and acquisition opportunities. Uh, but that was kind of the start and, and, and what we set off to do in 2016. That does sound like a great idea, though. Go, yeah, going to getting money from the high <laughs> rich Asians uh, <laughs> to invest. That's that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, the, there was a third uh, founder of the, the business, uh, and he was actually based in Hong Kong. So that would have been the key there to have boots on the ground. But w- without that, you're, you're kind of nowhere. And, and we really had to reevaluate the business model. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it and... And just looking at Hong Kong now, you know, there, there's been a lot of transition happening with Hong Kong, right? And what's happening there. So it's uh, maybe it was just, you know, I don't know. It, maybe it's better that you weren't over there and whatnot. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think that would have been a pretty challenging business model, uh, especially kind of going through all those uh, protests and turmoil and transition, right? So, uh, yeah. uh, you know, ev- everything has uh seem to always kind of work out uh you know there's so many instances like even as i mentioned the the timing of applying to the haskin school of business uh you know the selection in terms of um my concentration the uh the choice to give up the the one job that i had secured for the opportunity to interview for for the the investment banking role there, there's just so many like serendipitous um things that I could kind of point to. Uh, but, you know, starting a business is extremely humbling. Uh, you have to get get to know yourself really quick, understand that, uh, you know, you're not good at all things. And uh, you, you, you want to build teams that are, are complementary. Uh, and there's a certain tenacity and real resiliency that's required. Um, and it's also, you know, uh, in my career to date, I had always been able to uh, obtain kind of, you know, progressively senior positions, increasing responsibility, uh, and, you know, upward trajectory, generally speaking. Uh, but there's been a lot of setbacks that have uh, uh, been a part of the, the Zalos story. Uh, but at the same time, um, there, there that just kind of, creates a, a, a wearing away it's like uh, it's a uh, it's like um, you know forging steel uh, over a hot fire uh, through all those experiences it just becomes uh, a lot more fortified and, and and stronger over over the course of time and uh, myself and my business partner have kind of been through a lot and we're very proud of the team that's resulted um, you know it's not by uh, design or or intent, uh, but the the seven member team today is uh, more than seventy percent female. Uh, we're a female led organization, just given Kareen uh, is the the CEO of the firm, uh, and we have uh, over forty percent uh, representation of visible minorities amongst the team as well. So that's uh, that's that's a great. Uh, uh, great statistics that, that we're proud of, but, you know, more importantly, uh, I think, uh, there's a high quality and, 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 uh, 
great service that's provided by the team, uh, which is which is kind of the key to success. And and those are just kind of you know some general descriptions of the the the, the team that we have today. But uh, it's something that I think we're most proud of over over the course of the five plus years that we've been together. It's a it's pretty amazing how you know you. You know, growing up in the Castle Ridge area, you know, I mean, yeah, the States area for Castle Ridge <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you coming, going through high school and then basically post-secondary really changed your life and how you moved from there. Eh? Like if you hadn't gone to post-secondary, what, what do you think you would have done? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Um, or what did your I, friends, I because you said only two of them went to post-secondary, right? And then the rest didn't. You know, what were they, do you know what, when you had talked to them, do you remember what they were going to do or something? Yeah, you know, uh, just given kind of what everyone got into and, and up to, um, a, a lot of a lot of them ended up, uh, you know, going into the trades and, and labor jobs, uh, carpentry and, uh, and, and other things, mechanics and, and that sort of stuff. And, uh, uh, and, and some have even gone on to, to start their own businesses in those respective fields. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I would say that, uh, uh, I, I'm not sure what my life would look like, <laughs> but I, I think it would be a lot different if I didn't go to post-secondary. So, yeah. um, it's just really challenging to say, right? Like, uh, it's like, uh, you know, that, that, that movie, uh, with Ashton Kutcher as the star, the the, the butterfly effect, where there's the <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. alternate realities. Maybe I'm I'm dating myself a little bit, but uh, uh, those small forks in the ro- road uh, lead to very big changes down the line, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I, going back, you were talking about you know the mistakes and maybe some failures, and I, I'm interested to know about like what mistakes and failures you know that you've made along the way that has kind of led you actually to the to your success now. Yeah, I, I think I, I've 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 been a student of this and the whole entrepreneurial journey. The it's it's really a. Um, intense kind of hero's journey and, and you, you you listen to success stories i recently posted uh on linkedin about uh, one of my uh favorite entrepreneurial stories which is uh the story of sarah blakely and, and spanx where you know she she started this with five thousand dollars in her pocket which she earned from selling fax machines in florida uh to owning a hundred percent of a billion plus uh dollar company uh, but it's um, it, uh, failure is a part of the journey, and you, you look at any successful individual, uh, and they they have uh, their fair share of failures in in, in their history, right? Um, I mean, it it it's one of those things where it's just it's just shots at net. And, and you could say that like Michael Jordan has missed more shots than most people have taken in their life, right? And, and that's kind of what makes them great. It's, uh, it's, it's the willingness to kind of put yourself out there and, um, and not care about, um, uh, what people think, uh, to the degree that it should affect you. I mean, we're, we're social animals, so we always care about what people think. Mm. Uh, my dad had shared a, a story with me uh, uh, 
when when we were driving in the car recently and uh, he grew up in a a very small village in um in in Malaysia and uh he he told me a, a story to which he had bought this uh old rusted car uh and then there was a there's a river uh that separates the rest of um the peninsula or whatever uh to where his his village was and there's no bridge or anything like that so you have to kind of go across the river to get to the village so uh him and his uh brothers actually uh floated dismantled the car floated it across the river on on wooden barrels uh and then he endeavored to to put that car back together and get it running and at the time the villagers had were were saying that you know it's it's silly it's ridiculous he'll never be able to get it up and running uh and sure enough he was able to kind of put it all together and and start it up and as a result he was able to help a lot of the villagers with hauling like you know logs and other heavy uh items uh and he was pretty generous with his time but uh his point was you know it's uh it, it it's it sometimes you have to do those things uh in spite of what people may say mm. uh and uh uh eventually it'll kind of lead to a good result right so mm-hmm. you know i i certainly did experience that like especially call it um having experienced that track record of success uh and 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 failing uh in in various points in in the business uh was was very humbling and and made you think um multiple times whether this was the right path or not um and um it uh it, it also came with some social pressure where you know there's some friends that were saying you know are you are you going to look for a real job or uh and, and things like that so um and and sometimes it's like the the biggest voice that you have to overcome is the one in your head right mm. so uh, it's uh um it, it's not it's not the path that everyone uh can stomach or or even wants to endure uh but it's um it, it it's one of those uh experiences that i think uh, then I, that i've kind of alluded to that it's kind of the the most um um accelerated kind of self development uh that i've ever experienced in terms of starting the business and and what it entails so yeah I really like that. I mean, I think that that really is the key. You know, I've I've failed a bunch of times in, in my career and in my life, and I really think back and think, you know, uh, sometimes you you have to ignore some of the things that people say, and you just have to do it and really enjoy that process as you go through it, whether you succeed or you fail, that whole process gives you this experience uh, in your life that, um, like you said, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a way to, you know, really grow yourself and really learn more about yourself. So yeah, that's a great, that's a a great point that that you bring up. So I I wanted to talk and and ask you about, you know, do you think there were, um, you know, challenges um, that you had, um, you know, because, you know, we're talking about Asians on, on this podcast. Do you feel like there was some challenges uh, of being Asian in your success story? 
what and and if there was like what kind of challenges uh were there being asian yeah uh you know it's it's one of those things where uh as i alluded to like you just get a increasing amount of self-awareness as you as you tease through life right and um um even even slight things as it relates to like you know going through the interview process of some of the investment banks there would be commentary around um how how well spoken i am uh and then just a slight suggestion just because you know um mm-hmm. perhaps i was not from canada originally but i was born and raised in calgary so why why wouldn't i be a, yeah. uh well spoken in in english right um uh and you know uh, and 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 when i first started like i i think calgary just generally speaking has become much more diverse mm-hmm. uh and and open minded and uh the culture has completely changed but um you know in traditional businesses um that process may uh uh be be slower right and um um and i i i would say that um it it's it sometimes the key to advancement as well is is mentorship and sponsorship and and when you have challenges in terms of connecting with uh individuals that do have that influence and power um it is um to your disadvantage right um and it, it's it's a subconscious bias as well but even through the recruitment process um you tend to recruit people that are similar to you uh and and there's much more like kind of attention to this uh and a much more concerted effort in terms of um uh, uh building well-rounded teams some of the largest organizations uh inclusive of the uh Canadian uh banks uh have been very active in terms of promoting diversity uh both in gender and and uh ethnicity uh so all that stuff is 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 very positive but you know just the uh the the mind shift takes time and uh and there's a lot of education that comes with that so i i would say that sure there there may be there 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 was some challenges as a result uh of um you know uh being asian in a primarily uh uh male caucasian dominated industry but at the same time it probably afforded some uh advantages as well where you know you are uh, you you do stand out uh and um and and you could probably build a a reputation for yourself uh quickly as well yeah for sure no that's uh that's good and and sometimes half the battle uh is just yourself right i just find myself uh always saying that and you know it's nice to see uh people like yourself in in higher positions uh just so that you know people you know know like hey look this is a possibility uh you know and we're seeing this more and more in today's cinema too right where we're seeing you know asian superheroes where uh we never were really able to look up to that and so you know having um 
uh, that kind of representation is great for the younger generation, right? To to be able to say, you know, like even for myself, I just look sometimes. Sometimes I doubt myself. Like ah, I don't know, I can't do it. Oh, it's because I'm Asian, you know. But really, I think we need to uh, look kind of out of that and and really be you know encouraging yourself that hey no you know what you you could do this right other people have done this and and so you know that half like again half that battle is yourself telling you these stories right in your own head yeah it's the negative self-talk right and um and and you're right uh essentially like um when you see something you believe it's possible right Mm -hmm. so you know when you when, when you when you see uh, someone in in a position of influence, like uh, in the CEO role, or on, in the on the board of directors or, or senior positions that that look like you, uh, and and they share some of the, the cultural uh, similarities, um, you, you start to realize or you start to believe that that is um, you know a potential path. Uh, but growing up. Um, and, and at the time, uh, it, it was like my parents uh, and their friends. I, I didn't know uh, many, if, if any, uh, of, of my my friends' parents that were lawyers or doctors or engineers. And no one even knew what an investment banker was, <laughs> right? So you, you, when you don't see it, you, you don't know and, and, and you, can't, you can't bring it into reality. So to your point, um, I think it is important work uh, that people are doing uh, in 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 putting themselves in in different positions to to show the younger generation what's possible. So, and and that 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 also um, brings up another point is is I actually am very uh, mindful of my actions and how I hold myself, and and sometimes I. I, I do hold myself to a higher standard because I, I, I do realize that there are people that are watching and are are influenced or inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's a responsibility I don't take lightly. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're doing a great job. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you got your your company and you're applying those the things that you've learned over the process of your working career into your own company right now, and it's it's. And like you said, your own company right now, your team is is diverse. I mean, you you were working in a very, like you said, Caucasian male dominated industry, but now in your new team, you're it's culturally diverse, and like you said, it's like seventy percent is female, with the CEO being being female, right? So obviously, you've learned from working in your industry, and you've changed or any of those things that you've seen that you you basically you didn't like you've changed in your own company where you can make those changes now so that that's awesome man yeah absolutely i i, I believe that uh, women make great leaders as well uh just they, they tend to be uh more um uh they, they tend to have higher eq than than men uh, at times, uh, that's just a general comment, but then there's other characteristics in terms of, um, kind of the, the patience and just thinking through certain decisions that, uh, uh, that make them, make them, uh, great leaders. So, 
uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's going to be great to have, um, more of the boardrooms and executive suites, uh, mirror gender parity. Uh, mm-hmm. But that obviously takes time. Mm-hmm. And you don't want me up there, man. I'm super rash. I, I act before con- I think about the consequences. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I guess, you know, talking, you know, talking about your, your, your success, what are, you know, if you're to give advice, right, what are some of the success habits that, that people should have um, that should build up in, 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 in your mind that, uh, uh, people should do to kind of lead you to that success? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I've been very fortunate enough to have a very stable base and anchor. Uh, my wife, Doreen, she's been very supportive uh, and, and certainly been the foundation to base uh, a lot of the things that we've built collectively together in our lives, including uh, bringing in um, our, our two sons into into the world and uh um so you know generally speaking like whatever your support system is from uh whether it's family or friends uh you you need something uh in order to um uh help you succeed like it's 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 those individuals and and people that kind of cheer for you and uh when when you can't pick yourself up pick uh help pick you up uh it it is something that is uh, extremely beneficial in terms of a recipe for success. Um, two, ultimately, it's something that is extremely challenging, uh, but something that is, I think, necessary is taking the time for, for self-care, whatever that is. Like everyone needs to kind of blow up, blow up steam, uh, whether that's physical activity or meditation or mindfulness, uh, uh, that, that is, it's it's like kind of Maslow's hierarchy. If you can't take care of your your physical needs, the the other things don't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and 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 three is is the sheer grit that's required. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have had the opportunity to read David Goggins can't can't hurt me. Uh, it's a great book uh, where he's. Um, uh, former Navy SEAL holds the record for, uh, world Guinness like chin ups. Uh, it was a, a ranger as well, but, uh, in any case, he has this concept in the book where he describes as the, the cookie jar. And, uh, in a moment of weakness, when you're, when you're feeling down and you can't continue, uh, you, you reach back into the, the proverbial cookie jar, which is is essentially a collection of accomplishments that you've had in the past. Uh, you know, and 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 that sometimes uh, gets you through. It's like, well, you know, I can't do this. Well, I was the, the first first person in my immediate family to uh, go to university. You know, I I, I can't do this. I was, um, you know made it through a successful career in investment banking, which is, you know, one of the most extreme from a hours and, and demand perspective with a lot of smart people and a lot of hardworking people. Like it's, a, it's one of those things where uh, that's something that you can be sure of that uh, individuals in that field are, are either hardworking 
or smart or, or oftentimes both, right? So mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's something that, uh, uh, is good. And so that, that whole concept I think is, um, is very important, uh, is, is finding that, that strength and, and being able to kind of almost reach back to pull yourself forward. No, so, I, I totally uh, agree. I'm a, I'm like a huge fan of that word grit. <laughs> I, it is, it is big. And, you know, like you said, like going through post-secondary and graduating, I mean, you could have quit any time as well on doing that or starting your business. There's going to be naysayers and all that. And you could have quit any time, but you just kept going, right? Grit is what makes you, having that grit is what can lead you to success like that, right? There are, I'm sure there are like tons of super, super smart people out there, but if they don't go harder or work harder or something like that, they're still going to fail. And yet there are some people out there that maybe they're, you know, maybe they didn't graduate from like Harvard or whatever like that, but they got grit and they're working, they go hard and they end up becoming successful because of that. Right. So I like that. I like your third point, bro. Yeah, <laughs> <grit>. absolutely. <laughs> it's like, it's like what Dwayne Johnson says, uh, uh, rent is due every single day, right? So <laughs> true that. <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, true. Yeah. So I guess bringing it back to um, you know the the work life balance. How, how do you how do you keep that all balanced for yourself? Yeah, at times, um, you know, I I just like the whole concept of you can have it all. Um, you can have certain things at certain times, I believe. And, uh, when, when something is, is lacking, uh, it, it's usually due to the fact that you're paying, uh, increasing the attention to other parts of your life. Um, I, I, I can't remember the analogy and, and who to attribute it to, uh, but, um, they were describing kind of several balls that you're, you were juggling. And, and one is work and the other one is, um, uh, I, I can't remember like friends or, or whatever. Mm. And, and, and the, the other one is like family and, and the one that's family is made of glass where the other ones are, are made of rubber. So if you do drop them, uh, the other ones will bounce back. But if, uh, if you drop the one that's made of glass, uh, you, you, you won't be able to put that back together. Right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, and, and that's something that I've learned over time. I think it's, uh, it hasn't always been the case where I've kind of prioritized time with significant others and, and that sort of thing. But, um, especially needing to, to set examples for, for children and, and, and obviously like the, co- the COVID-19 pandemic has really, um, I think I, my general observation, it, it's, um, it, it's made, uh, you know, relationships, particularly, I'm just thinking like, like intimate relationships, either stronger or, or they, they haven't lasted actually. So mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people kind of separate as, as a result of the, uh, the pandemic because that hasn't been, uh, the easiest thing for people to cope with, right? And, uh, it, through adversity, it's like, you know, when you're in the trenches with someone that, that builds, uh, a very strong foundation, uh, where you can kind of push through other things. Um, uh, 
and and if you can't kind of make it through that hurdle it's uh it's uh it's challenging right yeah absolutely i think this uh, and i've seen it myself um that yeah this uh the pandemic has that definitely either pulled you closer or broken up you know uh relationships so um it's one of those things right because you're you're stuck at home um uh, you're together you know uh with your significant other and and with your family and there's a lot of challenge to that right uh apart from you just going to work and dealing with the the work challenges so yeah, that's yeah that's it's 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 huge and and like i say some people are thankful for the pandemic because of it bringing uh their their families closer together and obviously some uh not so grateful because it's probably torn them up but you know and, and you know with that being said too you know um it's been stressful times uh for a lot of people because of the pandemic um you know how how do you deal with stress how how do you uh when when it gets stressful for you whether it be at home or with uh the business how do you de-stress yeah for me i think uh the key thing there is um is physical activity uh so i i i do need to kind of get that physical activity in um it hasn't been the easiest we do a lot of home workouts uh but i need to kind of get back into to, to weight training so i've been going to uh, the weight days for, for F45 here and there, but need to kind of get more, more, more regular on that front. So. <laughs> Do you ever just turn off your phone? Just not looking because phones can be stressful, right? Oh, a new message pops up. Oh, a new email. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess during like uh, heading into like bedtime, I try to, but I'm, I'm not that great at it, so I, I must admit that uh, uh, I, 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 I do look at my phone, but that's, that's probably not a, a great characteristic. So, yeah, it's okay. We all guilty, bro. We all guilty. We are definitely all guilty. So, what keeps you? What keeps you inspired now, Gilbert? How do you keep inspired? You know, I, I, I think the thing is, um, just being grateful and um, helping people like it, it, in our job, it's really about helping people, whether we are able to help a business uh, raise some money so they can keep their employees employed and, and grow economies, uh, or we can give a family the peace of mind in terms of their wealth management uh, that, that brings deep satisfaction. And it, I compare and contrast this with what we're doing and the type of clients that we're working with as compared to my time at a bigger organization like Scotia. Uh, sure, it's great to um, work with like a VP or corporate development for a, a big oil and gas company. Uh, but when you're working with entrepreneurs and small to medium-sized businesses, sometimes these businesses are, are, are their life's work and uh, it's, it's real kind of skin in the game. So it's a, it's a much more raw and intimate um, uh, experience, if you will, because uh, uh, the, the motivations change. Um, and it's, it's not just a, it's not just a job or career for some of these people. It's the, the difference in terms of um, like, cause oftentimes their, their employees are their families. And, uh, and that's certainly kind of how we feel at, at Zelos as well just being a small business ourselves. And, and we've, we've, we've won business because of that, because uh, 
uh, people could kind of relate that uh, you understand um, the psyche of, of what they're going through better than, than, uh, than others may. Right on. Well, I think we're going to wrap up this, uh, this episode here now, but what are, you know, the last, uh, some, some advice uh, to, I guess, um, you know, maybe a junior person coming out and looking to maybe walk the same route that you're going to be that, that you're in right now. What, what kind of advice uh, we'll leave this episode with the last couple of advice that you, that you would say to, to them. Yeah, I would say that being, uh, um, being adaptable, and agile is is a huge advantage in today's economy. Uh, we've seen what um, how work has changed as a result of things like the the COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, and just being seated in in Calgary, we've seen kind of um, our primary industry change in in so many ways. That being oil and gas and energy, and everyone's talking about energy transition and what that looks like in the future. Uh, but today's world is, is faster moving. It's, um, it, there's a lot of variables at play and, and being flexible, agile, adaptable is going to be your number one characteristic that, that, uh, is, is going to go very far for you. And, uh, if you can, if you can do that and you're, you're willing and able to recreate yourself multiple times, um, I think that's a, that's a great characteristic to have. Yeah, thank you again then for 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 this. I feel like it's been I don't know about you, Lance, but I feel like it's been a while since we released an episode where we get to chalk someone homegrown Calgary. You know, I mean, I didn't live in Castle Ridge, but you know, I mean, <laughs> obviously, but you know, I'm we, similar kind of upbringings. You know, I was just over in Sandstone. <laughs> it's a bit yeah. different area, but you know, similar type of upbringing. So it feels good to have an episode where you can talk about this like it's really relatable you know it's 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 amazing so it's i really enjoyed listening to you talk for, for, for this it was, it was really good and like the places the the things you're saying and stuff it's it's the courses you're taking the applied maths i mean we've been there like the the chinook college we've been there <laughs> you know so so it's it's really good to to hear this the story of yours because it's yeah it's so relatable yes. i don't know about you lance but uh yeah for me it's great <laughs> yeah for sure no it's uh it's great right having you on and talking about your story i think a lot of people uh will be interested about um you know listen to this story and how how you you know got yourself all, all the way up there and I guess, it, you know, it, I'm not sure if, uh, if you have any uh, social platforms that you want to share with our listeners. Uh, if people want to learn more about you or learn more about your company, if you want to share that um, info uh, with the listeners here, you know, let, let us know and we can put that on there. If you want to just uh, say it right now, um, uh, any social media platforms that you're on. Yeah. Uh... For social, in terms of our business, I think we're primarily on on LinkedIn, and and we do have an Instagram account, but that's that's about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I really appreciate the time, and uh, it, it, you know, I must say, I was a little nervous kind of heading into this because I think a lot of the things that we've talked about are 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 pretty, um, you know, I, I think a, a little bit more revealing that, than I've ever been in terms of any type of. Um, 
uh, conversation that's available in, in the public domain. Uh, so I, I'm really hopeful uh, that your listeners enjoy the conversation and uh, appreciate you guys putting this together. Yeah, we got that inside scoop on Gilbert's life on this episode right here. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. You heard it here first. You yeah. heard it here first. Yeah, no, thank you again, Gilbert. And until next time, come walk with us. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>